2: G'day everyone. Welcome back to the Sports Ethos, New Orleans Pelicans Podcast, sportsethos.com presentation. As always, I am Lyle Swithenbank. You can follow the show at EthosPelicans at Lyle Swithenbank is me on Twitter. You can find the show, I don't know, everywhere that you can get your podcast, Apple, Google, wherever your heart so desires. Now, the off-season continues. And we've been having a number of guests throughout the journey, and that does not stop. So, I am joined, with that being said, I am joined by the fantastic Stephen Perona from Mammoth Customs. How are you going, mate? Thanks for jumping on.
0: Good, man. How's how's the off-season treating you?
2: I'll tell you what, I've got a bit more free time. Uh, It it, it has really opened up. Um, Besides being watching the Pels, every single game I watch, well, usually watch... One at least once, and then um, yeah, sometimes a second time through, depending on what's on TV and in my schedule. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah so I oh, might. It's like being on holidays. I might as well be there yeah, no. with the pills.
0: <laughs> my wife is joking. That it's like now we suddenly have free time and not all of our evenings are pills related things. So it's like suddenly a whole whole vacation opened up.
2: Exactly right. I mean, it won't be long, and we'll have the draft lottery, and then we'll be in the summer league, and we'll be flying again. Right? We'll be back before we know it. Um, yeah. I honestly
0: can't wait. So after after how the season ended, I can't wait for it to come back.
2: Exactly right. I thought we'd jump straight into chatting about the Pels. I mean, what a season. Right. Uh, start in the in the doldrums, one and twelve, that three and sixteen. We've heard it over and over and over, but to then resurge into the uh, probably right. about midway through December and and make the play. And what were your high level takeaways of, of this season? Bit of a roller coaster, I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, just a high level, like the growth, I mean, across the board, I mean, everyone knows Ingram, obviously the the massive growth that he's had, but even just like the way the rookies showed up and showed out. And I mean, none of that was expected this season. And like, it started in the, like you said, just in the pits of one in 12. And it's like, we've we've had so many seasons that have started like that, of like, you know, one in ten, one in like barely getting off the ground. And it was always like, you know, Drew takes a while to get going or someone takes a while to get going. And then it just, they finally hit it but it's always too late and so like this year it was like they finally had that but they overcame it and stuck with it a lot better and just the growth across the board and i mean they could have easily just laid down when the zion news came out and it wasn't looking good for him but it's like everyone actually stepped up so yeah i mean across the board just the growth of the team as a whole and then the growth is uh, of willie as a coach too throughout the year it was huge
2: i think if you hit the nail on the head it really was well, almost exponential growth. You know, we started out um, playing Herb Jones in the starting lineup and, you know, second round rookie and all of a sudden becomes a revelation, all defensive team, uh, you know, well, we're advocating for it. Hopefully nominee and and recipient. We'll see what happens. But um, the rookies have just been huge. Rookie head coach, rookie, two-way rookie and Jose Alvarado, Trey Murphy as well, showing some real signs down the stretch, basically carrying us, in some of the, uh, or carrying the bench offensively in some of the uh, late game, uh, you know, play play-in and, and playoff games. Yeah. A, a lot of changeover as well. I mean, an adjustment, I suppose, with Brandon Ingram taking on that, well, really stepping up as that superstar role. What did you think of, of
0: Brandon Ingram this year? I thought he was,
2: he was really good.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought he was really I mean, he obviously made, you know, the jump of kind of being that that closer and the guy at the end of the game. But I mean, I think bigger than that is just like defensively, like everyone has mentioned before that how long and lanky is and stuff like that. And like in years past, he was doing so much on like trying to focus on his offensive thing that the defense sort of lagged. And I thought this year that was the bigger growth. I mean, along with the leadership stuff, but like his defense was just miles above what I expected it to be this year.
2: Yeah, it really did take a take a um, step, I thought, on the defensive end. And I think perhaps that was – they said he was getting in the gym a bit more and strengthening up, whereas, you know, he was a bit of a beanstalk before, pretty thin and, and lanky, whereas you could see oh, yeah. him noticeably a bit bigger across the shoulders and the like, which definitely helped him, I think. The the big question mark, I suppose, was the missing piece in Zion Williamson. And, you know, there's been a lot said, The the narrative just – I mean, it, that was a roller coaster in itself. It was. Yeah. We hate everyone. Now we love him. Now he's overweight. Now he, he's injured again. He hates the team. I mean, I couldn't keep up. What
0: What did you think yeah, of, of mean, all of that? that? I mean, that's that sort of thing of just like if you don't if you don't speak to it, people are going to fill in their story for themselves, and I think that's a lot of what happened is. I mean, his camp wasn't saying much. He himself never says anything. I mean, so anything that even did come out, it was like second or third hand from his camp. And so everyone then, you know, proceeds to read between the lines because they need to talk about something and they need to have it be something. And so, yeah, I mean, I think just I mean, there's things on both sides, I think, could have been handled better in terms of just transparency, both from from the organization and Griff and what his real timeline was. And then Zion could have just easily come out and said a few things that probably would have quieted things. But I mean, I think it's one of those things that's like, they're kind of learning to grow together as well. And Zion's obviously still young, but yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it was read into just for the fact that no one was saying anything. So a lot of narrative got filled in, in the gaps because that's what they do when you don't speak on it. So. Well,
2: that's yeah. what we found. I mean, even he's, um, you know, when he, he put out the, uh, the memo, I suppose, letting everyone know he was off to Portland, and people are going, "Well, we couldn't even get on the camera and tell us, you know, he had to send us a basically send us a fax, letting us all know that uh, that he was off." And I mean, I look back over some of the tweets and storylines and the like from back then, and gosh, we are in all sorts of pain. I don't know, as a Bills fan, we were all just ticking along, and um, to think now. I mean, to see the the trade deadline acquisitions of, of CJ McCollum, Larry Nance, even Tony Snell, you know, they bring that leadership playoff experience. Uh, how have you how'd you find that trade? It was it it
0: was a big one at the time? Yeah, I mean it's big. And like so like I'm I'm up in Portland so like I've seen a lot of CJ and and, and Dame and stuff specifically. And it's just like when CJ even started to be mentioned as like a possibility, I was like absolutely perfect if it if it can happen, because he would just fit what the Pelicans needed so badly, both in terms of like on the court and, and sort of that missing guard role and some of the leadership and the experience and just just also the off the court of bringing the team together and things like that and stuff. So, I mean, that was huge. Larry Nance, I did not expect, and, and he came on sort of late in our season, obviously, but his work in the play-in and, and into the playoffs and stuff like that surprised me because like I've seen little bits of him, but not, not a ton because he wasn't up here super long. But uh, yeah, I mean, C.J., uh, was just sort of the perfect get and I, I actually didn't think it was going to happen just because our history is like you know <laughs> pessimists so I, I was blown out of the water sort of when it happened but yeah I, I think it was just the perfect fit and all the people were worried about you know his contract his age or whatever and I feel like you're missing all the other stuff that he brings that's not just you know on the court athletic ability or whatever like there's so much he brings to that locker room into the team in terms of experience and stuff that i think is going to pay huge dividends especially once zion gets back in the rotation and i mean the team is still going to be fairly young next year and it's going to need sort of that that guiding ex- experience and expertise so yeah i think it's going to work out long term really good yeah for
2: sure and i mean on his contract there was I saw the naysayers saying, Oh, you know, he's 30 years old. And uh, I mean, I'm 30 years old, so I'm, <laughs> I'm struggling. Uh, you know, good to know that. um, Yeah. That I'm over the hill and, like CP3,
0: though, and he, you know, you look at like CP three though. And like the people are talking about he's 37 and look what he's doing. I mean, it's like you, you can make a generalization of what a 30 year old yard is, but then it's like, it's all somewhat context and circumstance and how he takes care of himself. So, I mean, I think, Chris Paul being almost 37 and doing what he's doing is a prime example that you can't just say he's 30, and he's washed. So,
2: exactly right. And, you know, we offered them, well, Chris Paul a couple of year deal, three year deal, I think, in, in free agency. He turned it down, went back to the Suns. I think that was worth more than what per year than what CJ's was. Same as to Kyle Lowry. And I mean, Kyle Lowry struggled to stay healthy all year down at the, uh, at the Heat. So, yeah. I mean, to get a guy that has been, fairly healthy throughout the his career, bar the first earlier couple of years. Um, you know, I think I think it's, it's going to pay dividends, particularly for these young guys. Yeah, yeah. Now, to appear, to appear in this playoffs, play-in playoffs, huge. I mean, that just looked like so much fun. I was
0: jealous to not be in New Orleans while that was going on. How did you? Yeah, end- I, I, was, I was looking at what tickets would be and it's like, <laughs> it, it landed on like, So I was like, I really want to be down there too.
2: <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, it looked like awesome fun and to get the crowds, you know, the massive 18,000 people odd in, in each of the games. And to see these cult hero uh, emerge, Jose Alvarado, I mean, he's doing the uh, the media tour at the moment. You can see him on <laughs> NBA, inside the NBA, and he was on JJ Reddick's podcast. I mean,
0: jeez. Not a bad ride for him as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I haven't I haven't listened to JJ's podcast, if I saw him on NBA TV. But yeah, I mean that's just like the sort of perfect storybook story, right? And I, that's I, I feel like when they did the the two way contracts and stuff, that's like sort of the story that they envisioned, that, like this potential storybook. Entering the NBA on this two-way, you know, fighting it out G League time, and somehow landing yourself a real deal. And I feel like he's sort of the embodiment of what that that hope was with the two-way contracts. And I mean, he's—it's really nice to. I mean, he's super humble about. It. He's super appreciative of New Orleans and the love they've given him. So it's like you can't help but root for him. And then the fact that he just plays insanely hard is is it's a joy to watch. And I mean, with everything else that was going the way it was you know throughout the season and stuff and everything kind of picking up it was just another thing it was just like i don't know how you can't love this team it's like you know you got herb that was breaking out and you know trey finally getting his minutes and then jose and it's like I, they all work hard i don't you can't not be entertained with this yeah and it seems to um th- that
2: work ethic seems to have gone resonated all the way through the roster everyone seems to be wanting to get back to work and all the stories around the team is that they can't wait to catch up in the off season and continue to work together. And I mean, there's all the videos and stuff of Zion Williamson now at uh, Duke working out, uh, trying to get his body right for this season. And he's looking really good as well. Overall, I'm really excited for this season. What do you predict for, uh, for the coming season?
0: Oh man. <laughs> yeah, to a- put you <laughs> on the
2: spot with that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm like I'm dangerous like hope hopefully optimistic but it's like I feel like <laughs> in years past as a Pelicans fan it's like every moment of optimism has been has crashed back down but no I mean if you if you go off of what we've had in this last season and then you add sign to that I don't I don't know how it doesn't just get even better I mean offensively they're going to be incredibly tough to stop I mean barring injuries like that I, I don't know how you contain that team really um so, yeah, I mean, I think they're definitely going to be in that upper half of the Western Conference for sure. I, I don't see any reason why they don't unless we have our awful, awful injury luck. And I'm hopefully not cursing that right now. So, please, no one come back and yeah, wood, all that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I'm expecting, obviously, back in playoffs this time, not having to go through the play-in in that upper half and, you know, home court advantage in that for sure.
2: Yeah, well, fingers crossed. And I think – Watching the playoffs at the moment, there's a few teams there that are barely holding on by a thread. So hopefully we can we can jump over a few of them and, and lock in that home court or at least dodge the play in next year. I think that has to be the goal. Yeah. Changing speed a little bit. Sneakers. I mean, yeah. we've seen your designs. If you haven't go and check them out, it's mammoth
0: customs.com. Am I correct? Uh yeah or website. Or or mammoth named Jim on Instagram and, and Twitter
2: so if you're not checking them out go and do it now pause this come back because the designs are fantastic what inspired
0: you to get into shoes have you always been designing sneakers yeah i mean so i've i've always been into sneakers since i was little and stuff um just i mean sort of that cross section of basketball and sneakers kind of just always go hand in hand and so i've always been into sneakers and then like five, six years ago or so, I, I stumbled upon Angelus, who happens to be the one of the main people who make paints for customizing shoes. And they had like a whole stable of sponsored artists and stuff like that. So I just fell down this rabbit hole of like looking through all their work and stuff. And then I was getting ready to head to uh PAX, which is like a the Penny Arcade Expo. I don't know if you've been, they have one down in Australia now. So, uh, But it's like a big pop culture gaming expo thing. Um, and so I was like, a lot of people do cosplay and things like that. I was like, I'll just do something more subtle and, and do a pair of shoes for it to, to have it the thing. And so I did it around um, Cuphead, which was the a game that was coming out for Microsoft, um, which is in a very like 1930s sort of rubber hose animation style. And so I did them up. Microsoft ended up seeing them, the the development studio ended up seeing them, and so it became a a big thing and connected with them to actually do a pair for their launch for the for the game and their launch party. And then it turned into this whole thing of pairing up with, uh, reach out worldwide, which was Paul Walker's, um, disaster relief charity and stuff, um, that he started before, before he passed away and his brother runs it now, but we ended up doing like a big, um, they do like an all day gaming marathon where they raise money for disaster relief and stuff. And so ended up doing the pair of shoes to go through their charity to be auctioned off. And so it was like this moment of man, sneakers can be something so much bigger than just like a you know uh, an article of clothing or whatever like they can actually reach something much bigger and so seeing like kind of just something so so basic and like the ability to reach something and, and raise money and things like that and a charity around it and stuff like that, i was like i, I want to go deeper into this and so kept uh painting customs for a while for you know another three or four years did a few more charity things around like people, people justice initiative and stuff and did a pair of uh Dame 4s that really kind of blew up for, for Lillard um, that were around a Black Panther um, theme and they ended up getting a lot of uh, eyes on it on ESPN and things like that and so they kind of exploded from there and I was like hey, this is even reaching further and further and stuff and so I kind of wanted to keep going with it um, from there and, and eventually transitioned over from the painting into full recon, decon bespokes which is tearing down a whole shoe, rebuilding it out of out of leathers and stuff like that. And just kind of opened up a whole new realm of possibilities from there.
2: So with that and going into the, uh, I suppose, the bespoke shoes. So you completely deconstruct it. And then how do you uh, build the designs and what inspires
0: them? Yeah, I mean, uh, so yeah, we totally tear it down. Um, The only thing that, so we buy a donor, um, like a Nike or Jordan or whatever. And the only thing we keep off of it is, is the base sole, the outsole part of it. Um, and then everything else above that essentially gets rebuilt. So, I mean, the designs come from a lot of different places. So sometimes like the Pelican stuff um, with this most recent pair it was really inspired by like kind of how the narrative had gone all season. You know, I mean, the, the stuff in the bottom of the shoe is, you know, all of the sort of the naysayers of Zion wants out. The team needs to move. The arena is empty. Everything that we constantly hear all the time. And so it was just a way to sort of stomp on that narrative and, and like quite literally stomp on it because it's on the bottoms. And so and then just the rest of the shoe is, you know, inspired by, by the team, the city, um, like the ironwork kind of inspires the swooshes. Um, they're all um, really ornate and stuff. And then just the colors. And then around the collar, it was like all the sort of the good shout outs from the year, you know, AD and Joel's sort of little, you know, back and forth, the, you know, Jose's nickname, Trey's nickname, like all those sorts of things that were kind of the, you know, the supportive positive idea of it and kind of wrapping that in the collar. And then the, the sort of change the narrative thing, that AD kept, you know, preaching all year and stuff. So a lot of that inspired that pair. Um, I mean, other pairs over the years, like I did another Pelicans pair a couple of years ago, they were sort of right when we landed Zion and they were kind of that let's dance moniker that he did. And so I did, you know, custom heel tabs for that and, and themed around that. But uh, other times, so like in our discord group, we do sort of, every two months we do sort of a challenge theme. Um, some of them, you know, like are simple, like a Halloween theme. And so I've done a pair of, uh, really intricate, like ornate, uh, mummy ones, or we did a holiday one and I put a snow globe in the swooshes that, um, actually swooshes around and stuff. Um, but then other ones, like we just finished a, a challenge that was a sort of a charity challenge of a, a, a couple that had gone through a bunch of miscarriages and, and, he had sold off his sneaker collection just to help them get the, the doctor's procedures that they needed to be able to start a family. And so we as a, a, a community group came together and did a challenge to sort of restock his sneaker thing. And so we all built custom sneakers that were sort of inspired by their their story and, and their um, and their sort of struggle through this and, and eventually gifted them to him as a surprise. So the inspiration is kind of all over the place to just sort of whatever the, the topic is or, or whatever the, the focus is.
2: That's awesome. And, and to see, like you said, you know, to see sneakers be more than just an, an item of clothing or, you know, like an accessory, or, you know, there's people dress them up to make them, you know, part of charity or, or people's story and, you know, helping fundraise for, for, uh, you know, medical procedures and the like, I mean, that's all credit to you guys and, and the, the community that you've built. You mentioned the Discord. Uh, so what's that about? How, how many members and how do you get involved in that?
0: Yeah, so I, I think we're about 700 or so members now. Um, it started um, sort of, you know, a couple months or so right before and right as the pandemic was starting. And, and, and the idea around it was that um, a lot of the, the knowledge and information around how to make these spoke sneakers was really tied up and gate kept behind. Um, fairly expensive classes. So like shoe surgeon, I, I think if anyone knows the space is probably the, the sort of front runner of a lot of it. Um, and he paved the way for a lot of it and opened up a lot of doors, but then he also, you know, his classes are, I think up to $5,000 a class now for a weekend thing. And that's, and then you still got to go home, you got to get a machine, you got to buy materials. So it, it, it creates a really high bar entry for getting into this. And there's a lot of people that, you know, can't afford that and, and still want to be able to explore and, and create sneakers and stuff and so the group was initially formed by some people who had taken some of those classes and wanted to make the information a little more accessible and then I joined on as a mod pretty early into it um and I've never done a class everything I learned was from our community and group and so that's sort of a an example of what you can get out of putting the work in and, and, and interacting with the community and stuff and so yeah we're just like I said, I think there's about 700 members. We're all sort of just helping each other with the process, the tools, the material sourcing. Um, we have a couple of sort of connections with some of the um, leather distributors, um, one specifically District Leather out in uh, Atlanta and Georgia, who's he's a big sneaker guy too. And so he's helping us, you know, work. He's working with a tannery in, in Italy and stuff to really focus on getting shoe-specific sort of materials and things. And it's just sort of a good massive community resource to help people get into this without having to pay the five thousand dollars for the course and then go at it on their own after that weekend. So but um yeah I mean it's it's free, it's open. Um someone's anyone can DM me and I can send them an invite if they're actually you know interested in in getting into this or seeing some of the process and stuff.
2: That's awesome. And guys if you're listening out there we'll yeah hit us up and, and we can put you in touch and, and get into the Discord. It'll um if you're interested in, in customizing sneakers, I mean, some of the designs and, and the gallery that you've got on your website, are, it's just, mate, they are awesome. Honestly, they look so cool, and um, yeah, I'm very jealous because I am not at all crafty and uh, <laughs> would
0: have no idea how to do anything like that. I mean, I so like before I got into this, like when I joined the Discord, I, I sort of just took the plunge, and bought a sewing machine. I'd never sewn before in my life and so i mean I, I, you'd probably surprise yourself if you dove into it i mean it's it's a lot more intimidating from the outside before you get into it and then we, i've seen a lot of people who think that they're not crafty or you know have the ability or stuff to just to totally blow themselves away with what they can make so yeah it's awesome so if you had to design any shoe
2: or like the actual um you know what shoe would you pick as the ideal base to to customize or does it vary
0: yeah i mean it varies a little bit on on sort of the the type and intention i personally love um jordan fours um just because i feel like they have a lot of dimension to them in terms of like the layers um some of the, the mesh and the different hardware and stuff that's on and you can do a lot with them uh and especially you know the, the back tab offers a lot of customization the The little like windows on the side, you can do a lot of things with it, and so those are are probably my favorite Jordan silhouette to begin with, and they're one of my favorites to to customize, just because you can do so much with it. Um, But also things like you know a a dunk or an Air Force One that are big, wide open canvases. So if you're doing something that's more of like a a painterly, that you want something you know a big space spacesuit on, those are those are really good for it.
2: That's awesome, and are you allowed to give us an insight into what you're working on at the moment, or is it all undercover?
0: Yeah, no, uh, I'm. I'm, So I'm currently working through all the the change narrative pelicans pairs that I sold. (laughs) So I I I finally gave in, and enough people asked for me to to make them available, and so I made a select few of them available. And so I'm currently working through those. I have a, a bunch of tongues to stitch up after we get off of here. So that's mainly what my, um, focus is on. I have another pair of dunks that are, um, I'm doing up actually for my wife that are, I I don't know if you know what Lisa Frank is. It was like all the rage in like the nineties in the U S for like middle school girls. And they would plaster their, their trapper keepers and stuff with these crazy neon dolphins and pandas and stuff. And if you look up Lisa Frank, it's a bit of a mushroom trip. (laughs) Oh, really? <laughs> in terms of the visuals of it um and so i have some really crazy um elephant print that's like got a, a color shift foil on it um and so it it does this all this crazy like neon color shift stuff so those are the other pair that are currently sitting over there needing <laughs> soles on them but uh, other than that yeah it's mainly the pelicans pairs for now
2: that's awesome uh, no, i look forward to seeing seeing more of your, your pictures and the like coming out and uh, just keep plugging them because we keep, like, we like looking at them. Uh, they are, they are awesome. And um, Stephen, do you have anything else that you'd like to plug before, uh, before we wrap up? I appreciate your time today. If you can let us know where we can find you and how to get involved in uh, sneaker building, that'd be great.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I can be found on a uh, mammoth named Jim on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, and then our discord is handmade heat and you can just um, DM me. Um, on either of those platforms both my dms are are open so yeah just shoot me a message and uh, i'll get you guys an invite to it so
2: fantastic guys go and check it out if you're interested in getting involved in that well you know you've got the hot tip now so go and check it out also head over to those handles and check out all the stuff he does over there they are they are awesome Stephen, thank you so much for your time late at night i I appreciate you uh jumping on and, and having a chat
0: yeah thanks man for having me appreciate it
2: that's been good we'll have to have you on again sometime. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. So thanks again to Stephen for joining us. It was a fantastic chat, uh, chatting sneakers, chatting pelicans. Gosh, it was good fun. Uh all things sneaker customization. If you want to check out his designs again, and you should go and do it after this. Mammoth named Jim on Twitter and on Instagram. His designs are cool. He's even put a video up recently of him uh, creating uh, different parts of the shoe. And if you're interested in sneaker customization and designs, will hit him up on Twitter and or Instagram, and, and or you can hit me up, and I'll put you in touch with him, and and get involved in the Discord because it sounds like a really good community. And if you're interested in that sort of stuff you're a bit crafty and a bit artsy and like that sort of stuff, well, get in there and do it, you know? Life's too short not to. So there's a bit of advice from me to you all out there. Not that anyone really cares. But anyway, quick wrap-up before we go. Uh, the results of today in the playoffs. We saw the Bucks hold on to beat the Celtics uh, 110-107 to behind Bobby Portis. Big put-back off a free throw followed by two huge defensive plays on Marcus Smart by Drew Holiday, a big block, and then a huge steal, securing that victory, going up 3-2. Huge win for the Bucs, and uh, it's going to be tough for them to fight back. And after that, that was followed by the Grizzlies and Warriors. The Grizzlies, as they say, whooped that trick in their uh, stadium, did that, to the Warriors, 134-95. Uh, to 95. They're up by over 50 at times, and honestly, just absolutely put them to the sword. After they thought they were going to close it out, and after I thought they were going to close it out, uh, they came out and laid an egg and got absolutely stomped by the Memphis Grizzlies, who have their backs against the wall, evening up to 3-2, and then back to the Bay Area for the next game. So, looking forward to seeing how these all play out. Uh, the games tomorrow is the Heat and Philly, 3-2 Miami leads and uh, 3-2 Suns lead over the Mavericks. So check them out as well. Playoffs is here, baby, and uh, we're enjoying it. But anyway, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, this is the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I'm Lyle Swithinbank at Ethos Pelicans at Lyle Swithinbank Stay safe and bye for now.